Welcome to the Here and Now Motherhood podcast. Here and Now Motherhood is a nonprofit that supports moms in their transition into motherhood. I'm your host, Nicole Hunt. Today we're going to be talking about meditation. Meditation has become pretty popular here in the United States and We're going to go over a few different ideas and tips for if you're new to meditation and where to get started. As a mother, sometimes it's hard to carve out time for ourselves and meditation can be a nice way to have some time just by ourselves that doesn't necessarily take up a lot of our schedule. If you listened to our podcast last week, you heard about the balance spectrum and how there's people we can bring onto our team to help us feel more balanced and to thrive. Meditation is what we're going to be talking about today, and meditation is a method for us to feel more balanced, and it's something we can do by ourselves. So it brings us more towards thriving on that balance spectrum. So today is going to be kind of like meditation 101, and it's a method to help us start thriving. There's some good research that shows that 10 minutes a day of meditation has some really good long-term effects. Small, consistent meditation practices daily are more effective than like two hours twice a week. As you listen to this episode today, you're going to see how there's some things you can do on your own at home that will help you get closer to thriving. We're going to talk about three different kinds of meditation today, mindfulness, mantras, and mala beads. To start out, it's interesting to know that originally yoga was just meditation. Thousands of years ago, yoga was simply sitting on the ground, legs crossed or in some other similar position, and meditating. Eventually, people started getting a little bit antsy, they wanted to move around, and so yoga was invented, the physical asanas were invented as a way to prepare the body and the mind for meditation. So it's best to meditate at the end of your yoga practice because yoga is designed to help you meditate. It's going to make your meditation easier. Let's dive into those three places to get started with meditation. The first one that we're going to talk about is mindfulness. A popular term nowadays is mindfulness. So I don't really like the term mindfulness because for me it kind of brings up a lot of maybe emotional baggage or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what it brings up for me, but I really don't like the word mindfulness. I think the reason I don't like the term mindfulness is because before I had my son, I was dealing with a lot of mental health issues. This was before I got pregnant with him. And I was just kind of at wit's end and I just kept Googling things, trying to figure out what to do. And I kept coming up with all of these mindfulness articles And I would read about how meditation would solve all my problems and mindfulness would solve all my problems. And I tried it and nothing happened. Since nothing happened, I just felt like it was my fault I was having mental health problems. Like if I was just better at meditation, then I wouldn't have these issues. And it's my fault that I'm like this because I'm not good at meditation. So that's why I don't like the word mindfulness, I think. And this is an interesting topic to bring up anyways, that... 
You know, sometimes mental health problems need to be addressed by a physician. Sometimes methods that are really good at bringing us from discomfort to thriving, sometimes those methods don't work well for if you have an illness. And I think this is a good example, my initial experience with meditation, that I was in a place where I needed help from a medical doctor versus some at-home methods. So it's just good to keep in mind that there are appropriate methods for where we are in our life and what chapter we're in. And there's no need to feel shame like I felt about not being able to fix my problems through meditation or whatever this other kind of method is. It's okay to seek help from different people and bring different people onto your team to get you the help you need. So returning to our big topic of mindfulness, every time I hear the word mindfulness, I translate it in my head to here and now, because that's what mindfulness is. It's being right here, right now. Fun fact, that's where the name here and now motherhood came from. So anytime you hear mindfulness, you can translate that into here and now. And that kind of helps us comprehend what exactly mindfulness is. It's just being exactly where you are right then. An instant way to become mindful or to be here and now is by focusing on your breath. This is a really easy way to start your meditation practice if you are new to meditation is by simply drawing attention to your breath. Maybe noticing how an inhale feels different than an exhale. The second that we draw our attention to our breath, we are automatically in the present moment because we can't breathe in the future or the past. So anytime you want to be right here, right now, just notice your breath. What is it like? Is it fast? Is it slow? That breath is going to be directly linked to our mood and the way that our body feels too. Another option for meditation, if you are new to meditation, is to use a mantra. In a Buddhist setting, mantras are often given to monks or other followers in order to learn something. So something that's different about yoga, meditation, and Eastern types of teachings is that you get your insight or your wisdom from an internal source. Whereas in the United States and in Western or Christian Judean culture, we get our insight from an external source. Like maybe that would be a religious leader, a parent, something like that. And meditation is a method to tap into that inner source that has wisdom already. So there is a part of you, a deep part of you that already has answers and wisdom. And meditation is a way to access that. For me, mantras have been really powerful in me being able to tap into that inner source. So lots of mantras mean different things. And a lot of times as a Westerner, you want to know, oh my gosh, what is this Sanskrit thing I'm saying? Lots of people want to know if they're worshiping the devil, which, you know, is fair. The reason that we use mantras in Sanskrit often or in other languages is because Sanskrit is the only language that is designed around the vibration it creates in your body. So certain words will create different vibrations, different types of vibrations, and different locations of vibrations within your own body. So using a a mantra out loud in Sanskrit is really important because it was designed for a certain effect on you. And having a certain physical effect on your body is important emotionally because we store emotions physically in our tissues. This is called somatic psychology. A great way to think about it is if you get up in front of a group of a thousand people to speak, you're going to feel it in your tummy, like butterflies in your tummy. And that's usually not a big deal because it'll dissipate. 
But the problem is when those emotions don't dissipate and they get stuck there. So mantras, especially in Sanskrit, are designed for certain purposes in your physical body, but they're going to have emotional effects on you. Even though it doesn't really matter what the English translation of a Sanskrit mantra is, because the Sanskrit's having an effect on us, it can add an extra layer to our meditation practice to know what the translation is. So sometimes it's really helpful to know what the English translation of your mantra is. For me, sometimes that deepens my meditation and helps me understand better like what I'm meditating on. But just know that there are benefits to using a mantra in its original Sanskrit language. Yogi Bhajan, who brought Kundalini Yoga from India to the United States, said that the words that you say affect your own nervous system and the words you hear affect your body. So the words that you say have a greater impact on you than they do on anyone else that is hearing them. So that's another reason why mantras can be really helpful because you are surrounding yourself and saying words that have a specific prescribed outcome that you know what it is and it's helpful for you. It's moving you forward, moving you towards where you want to go versus having a impact on you that you aren't looking for. The first mantra I ever had a really powerful experience with was the Soham mantra. Soham is spelled S-O-H-A-M. So it's spelled Soham. I was taught that in Sanskrit, H-A-M is pronounced hum instead of ham. You will hear some people pronounce it ham, ham. All of that is okay. You know, I'm not the yoga police, so you're welcome to do whatever works for you. That's just how I was taught. And actually, I used this meditation before I learned that. So I have meditated with it, pronouncing it both ways and, you know, Everything was okay both ways. So I was taught that soham means I am that in English. So as someone from a Christian background, that is really powerful to me when I'm thinking of if I'm repeating it over and over and over again as I am meditating, I'm saying I am that I am that I am that I am. And when God visited Moses at the burning bush, he told Moses, I am that I am. So I like to think about it like I'm saying God's name over and over again. And I think that's really neat coming from a Christian perspective. Vasant Laud, who brought Ayurveda to the United States and founded the Ayurvedic Institute in New Mexico, he explained that soham is the sound that your body makes naturally when you're breathing. So if you were to just sit there, your breath is making the sound of soham. So it's part of who you are already. You're making a sound that is already part of you. It's an integral part of who you are as a person. Another of my favorite mantras is Satnam. Satnam is in the Gurmukhi language and it's a big part of the Kundalini Yoga practice. Kundalini Yoga is a specific branch of yoga, kind of like Ashtanga or Vinyasa. And Satnam means truth is the identity. And the way that I understand that is what's deep inside me is truth. Truth is inside me. Wisdom is inside me and it's part of who I am. So I can look inside myself for insight, truth, and wisdom, and I find that super empowering. If you're new to meditation, another way to start out with meditation is to use mala beads. Mala beads have kind of become like tattoos for yogis. You'll see people with mala beads all up their arms, like wrapped around their wrists, and you can spend so much money on fancy mala beads that are made of specific stones and look beautiful and ornate. 
Something for you to consider as you're incorporating mala beads into your meditation practice is how you want to treat those mala beads. And you're always going to hear from me that you're welcome to do whatever feels right to you. And so one thing to consider to see if it is the right fit for you is that mala beads are going to hold energy. So if you are touching them, they're going to retain some of that energy. If you wear them on your wrists and people might bump into you or touch you or something, they're going to take some of that energy from that person. And if that person was just yelling at somebody and angry, you don't really want them touching your mala beads because you're going to be using that while you're meditating. Another way to wear your mala beads if you want to keep them with you is to wear them around your neck underneath your clothes and to wear the tassel at the back of your neck at your spine so it stays in one spot and that will protect them from other people's energy and keep them close to you another option is just to keep them at home what's right for you might be different than someone else and that is okay there's nothing wrong with that there's lots of different ways to use your mala beads and i think a great way to start with them is to pick a mantra and you could start with one of the two that i mentioned before either soham or satnam you can sit in a comfortable seated position maybe with your legs crossed and hold your mala beads in your hand. They look like a necklace with a tassel in the middle. Go ahead and hold the tassel and find a bead right next to the tassel and hold that in between your thumb and your pointer finger. Think or say out loud your mantra and then use your fingers to slide to the next bead. Each time you get to a new bead, you will either think or say your mantra. You can start at the tassel and then go one bead at a time using one repetition of the mantra per bead. And then when you get back to your tassel, you know that you're done with your practice for that day. I find that using mala beads helps me be more focused. And then sometimes if I'm having a hard time focusing, I can incorporate all three of these options into my practice in order to be even more focused if I'm having a rough time that day. For example, I might be saying my mantra out loud with my mala beads and that I'm still finding my mind going somewhere else than I am right at that moment and I'm wanting to focus on my mantra. So I might start focusing on my breath like maybe each time I think so, I might inhale. And each time I think hum, I might exhale. And I might say it out loud, say it in my mind. I might think about what does this mantra mean to me? When I combine all three of these methods for meditation, I find that my meditation is a lot more in depth and I can learn a lot more. I find that my meditation can go deeper and I can get more insight when I combine all of these. If you're new to meditation, I suggest you pick one of these three options and just try it out and see what works for you because during different seasons of your life you may want to use different options. Something that works really well for you right now might not work for you tomorrow or might not work for you in two years and that's totally fine. So you can think about mindfulness or drawing attention to your breath. You can use a mantra and you can use mala beads. So why can this be helpful for moms? One of the most powerful things about meditation that I really love is that I have the ability to create feelings in myself that I want there. Instead of feeling like I'm at mercy to the world around me and that the outside world has this power over me and my mood, instead meditation gives me a chance to gain some control back over how I'm feeling. One of the reasons I feel like that is because meditation allows me to gain insight that I didn't have before. 
similar to reading a book, but instead I'm learning that insight from inside of me. And it makes me appreciate myself more and realize that I am of insanely great worth, that I am really amazing and that I'm enough, that I have this insight and wisdom inside of me that has always been there and it's just a matter of me tapping into it. So as a mother, using meditation as a way to get to know who you actually are, I think is really special because sometimes as a mom, you kind of lose yourself in the work of being a mother and that works for some moms, but that doesn't really work for me. I feel like the more I get to know myself, the more solid I feel, the more grounded I feel and the less I feel like I am swayed by everything that people say or do around me. And I just feel better in general. So you can use meditation as a way to get to know who you actually are and tune in to yourself. And as a mom, I think that's a really awesome tool to get to know who you are and really become acquainted with yourself and like yourself and hopefully learn to love yourself as well. Tune in next time and I'll walk you through each of these meditations in detail and you'll get a chance to try them out and see what feels good to you and what maybe you'll put on the shelf to try sometime in the future. Until next time, this has been Nicole Hunt with the Here and Now Motherhood podcast. 